Welcome to Practical Access. I'm Lisa Deeker. And I'm Rebecca Hines. And Lisa, I am very excited about today's guest. We've been waiting a while to try to get uh, Charmy on to join us. Tell, tell everybody what we're going to be talking about. Well, we're super excited not only to have uh, Charmy and Rush, Dr. Charmy and Rush from Western Carolina, but we have three student guests, which, you know, makes us very happy to talk about recruiting and not just recruiting anybody, but recruiting the beautiful, rich diversity that we know is needed in our schools today. So Charmian, welcome, Dr. Rush. We're so excited to have you. Thank you, guys. Thank you so very much. Thank you for having us. And Dr. Rush, can you tell us a little bit about the scholars that you have invited to join us today? Most certainly, with pleasure. So this is Mr. Andrew Smith. Andrew, you want to give a little bit of your background? Uh, I'm Andrew uh, Smith. I'm from Closer. I'm from East Powdersville, South Carolina, and I'm I attend Western Carolina University. I'm a junior, and I major in middle grades education and history. And I have Mr. Montgomery Moore. Hello, I am Montgomery Moore. I am from Winston Salem, North Carolina. I am majoring in inclusive education, and I am a sophomore. And I have <laughs> Mr. Anthony Freeman. Hello, I'm Anthony Freeman. I am from Asheville, North Carolina. I am a freshman here at Western Carolina University, majoring in inclusive education. Well, it is so good to meet you all. And I know, Dr. Rush, you are also at Western Carolina. Um, and <laughs> so, you know, I, first of all, I'm so excited to actually have some, some authentic scholars here to talk about, you know, why you guys are interested in coming into the field of education at a time when it's really hard to recruit people into the field in general, especially men. So um, do, do any of you guys want to share kind of your insights? What what brought you here? I know, I, I know for me, it was uh, going through school and not having anybody to look up to was a big problem. So I knew once I got out of high school that I wanted to be that role model for a kid one day. Andrew, that's great. A great statement. I love it. Thank you for sharing. I know for me, I struggled in um, my grade school years. So I want to make an impact on the younger generation because believe it or not, they have it harder, in my opinion, than we did because so much has changed with all of the technology used in the classrooms. And, and Montgomery, I love too that you're an inclusive ed. And for our listeners who might not know, that means a special education teacher, which is really, really, we have a huge shortage. And again, to have represented males is a huge uh, asset. So thanks. How about you, Anthony? So one reason for me is to give back. Um, I've always had that mindset of giving back to the students on what has been given to me throughout the high school, throughout my education years and just to focus on what are some things that students need and what are some things or where, excuse me, where do uh, students need support most of? So giving back to the students. And Dr. Rush, I know you are the, um, the orchestra leader who has brought these gentlemen into the profession and you have done this through a project uh, called Call Me Mister, is that right? Correct, Call Me Mister. Um, it, can you it, tell us a little bit about, about your program so that others who are trying to recruit such a great group of guys um, into the profession would have some ideas how to get started? Absolutely. So 
Um, Call Me Mister is not an original um, idea of ours. It is um, been around for a while, <laughs> at least 20 years. Dr. Roy Jones at Clemson University is the founder of Call Me Mister. And um, what makes us unique is that we are the 10th state and only Call Me Mister program in the state of North Carolina. So Call Me Mister is in nine other states on the East Coast, to my knowledge. Um, and so what gives Mister the edge, right, that is intentional about recruiting men um, of color into the educational workforce. Dr. Jones is the visionary of this, and he saw the need 20 years ago, and unfortunately, 20 plus years ago, and unfortunately, or fortunately, because the program is still going strong, um, there's still a need, right? Um, and so I am very honored to be the, what did you call me? What was my title? They, <laughs> I, call, I called you the leader of the orchestra. I could have said conductor. <laughs> they, they lead me, though. They're my drive. And so they're my my reason for, for recruiting. So recruiting I'm, I'm curious. Supporting. Yeah, and I'm curious, Dr. Rush, and, and, and gentlemen, you're welcome to chime in. What would you recommend to other districts or universities to recruit um, men of color to ensure their voice and their presence is there? Like you all seem to have this great passion, but I'm sure, sure Dr. Rush, there was a moment where you connected them to the university and maybe what other advice you might have to others looking to increase the diversity of their workforce. Okay. I would say going in, you need to know your why. Your why is everything. Your why is what you're going to stand by on days that come that are not the strongest. However, the good days always outgo the bad days, I guess is the right way to put it. I love it. I love it. I always jokingly say you can't have a good day if you didn't have a bad day because you would know it was good. So <laughs> I love that statement. Thanks. Um, I'm gonna go with the same. I'm gonna go with the same thing with Montgomery is gonna say, and um, always find your purpose before finding a career or a job, and understand the why and the meaning of that purpose. And then once you find your purpose, then that's where you pursue your goals and your dreams or wherever you like to be. These two young men, Montgomery and, and um, Andrew, are my original cohort, right? And Anthony came along this year. And so our goal is three to five students per year. But as you see, we have not quite made that mark um, just because of the challenges out there. And I'm not necessarily saying that there aren't any men of a color who want to be teachers, but that why is what's so important. I think what I have come across as challenges is when um, I'm recruiting these young men, their senior year, they may not have many things, GPA to get in, right? Um, but that's the, that doesn't necessarily deter me either because I need to see that um, diamond in the rough, right? And I'm willing to work with them if they're willing to work with us. Um, we've had a bad rap, teachers, right? No matter what discipline. And um, that's not always necessarily the most, um, unfortunately, the <laughs> most career that is sought. But these young men that I recruit do have their why and they kind of know their purpose. And so, yeah. 
that's one of the things I asked when I recruit. One, I asked them, when was the first time a male of color has entered your life? And I hear the stories of their junior, senior years, some of them. And then I ask them, what's their purpose? So if they can answer that for me, they can tell me their why. I know that we have what um, is necessary and we want to invest in them. Yeah, well, and again, it's such a great project. Can you give me a little of the nuts and bolts? So let's say I have a friend or a family member who's a young man of color and he actually has his why. What what? What does he do to get connected and what do you guys offer? Do you have some kind of like scholarship stipend, et cetera? So what, what's the selling point? Well, everybody want to know where the money is, right? That's where you <laughs> want to go first. And honestly, I can't give them that broad answer because we are new. We are new, but we do have um, incentives to be here, which one is monetary. We are a um, North Carolina um, school, promise school. Um, and so that means there are three in North Carolina where tuition is five hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that is one of the things that draw our men to Western Carolina. Um, we also have in-kind funds that we offer to the students, as well as outside the external funds that we bring in. We invest in them with the um, technology packages. We also support them with the resources to pass the practice and the Pearson, as you guys know, that interest exam, and then that final licensure exam to become teachers. So, um, but beyond that, we are invested in these men. We are here to make sure that they make it across that four-year journey, um, and we are here to populate that workforce right? Make it as diverse as we can. So I'm, I'm curious, gentlemen, when you got approached about this program and, you know, there's incentives and your why was there, what, what do you think is different? Why you chose this? Let's pick history when maybe you could have been a reporter or thousands of other things. What made teaching attractive to you? Because I think that's what we can't quite figure out. There's some reason all three of you chose teaching and you have a great why and a purpose, but why teaching over many other opportunities you might have that could still make an impact based on your purpose? I know for me, I, I always enjoyed when I hung around like people that were younger than me, I always like enjoyed guiding them in the right path and motivating them. So I knew if I was a teacher, I could motivate students in all different ways and got them to the path that fits them more than just leading somebody that leading down someone a path that fits someone else. God, interesting. Thanks. I can say for me, I am a fifth generation educator in my family. (laughs) And I want to make my ancestors proud. And one of the educators that were in my family was Catherine Johnson. So seeing all the hard work that she did in a difficult time makes me want to pursue education just like the rest of my family. That's beautiful. Thank you. And for me to find find my you know just finding the reason why teaching really was that it for me I should say is to number one I love to lead students into finding things and what are some or what are some things that we can be successful in communication and a lot of those things for. Um, <clears throat> for me. So 
to see those students grow to and being there and being there for them and helping them out um, and being that number one supporter for them. And, you know, you guys, I know, are lucky to have someone like Dr. Rush, who's who's putting together, you know, a cohort and giving you guys a, a lot of support there. But my my final question is to any of you, um, Dr. Rush or um, you, you gentlemen, um, what is it going to take? What's it going to take to get more people? And maybe the guys should answer that for us first. Guys, thinking about your peers, thinking about your friends, you know, what should we be doing to recruit more men in general and certainly more men of color? What should we be doing more of to make this more alluring? I would say get a jump start. Like right when students, some students like become high school freshmen, maybe we should start asking them what do they want to do and see what we can do to see if we can find if they want to join us and down the road once they get older, because say they say if they don't is like, OK, well, maybe they still told someone else and they told someone else. And then we could at least got more people knowing of the program. So I'd say if we got if we got out from a jump start, we get get a better lead on seeing who wants to join us. Yeah, that's great. I would say know your reasoning and do your research first. Because once you have your research, you have all your ducks in a row and you can see what's important. And it's like a seesaw effect where you can weigh in the good and the bad or the good and the good. And especially for our, from a scholarship standpoint, because like Dr. Rush said, they're always going to be concerned about the money. They can weigh in the money on the scholarship and what school they end up choosing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with Andrew and Montgomery with that and just picking it back on that, doing doing your research first and weigh out the pros and cons. Finding the, finding your purpose is the main thing, too, as well. And then after that is to get a, a head start on what do you want to be, what do you want to seek and where do you want to take this? And Dr. Rush, my final question for you is, you know, what's really your greatest obstacle as you try to recruit more young men like these? What's your biggest obstacle? Oh, I'm going to choose one. (laughs) (laughs) You can give us more than one. (laughs) You know, kind of piggybacking on what they just said, being an obstacle, you know, we need to start early. And um, I, I will say one of the recruits we will have this year, I got him when he was a junior. And so he will be coming to us next year. But we also need to invest. And I'm not just talking about monetarily, but all that 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 is obviously important. School systems need to invest in their students, you know. And so I'm proud to say that we have a partnership with Asheville City School, which is how we um, got Anthony, um, in which they are putting money into his education. And he also have a a job promised to him once he leaves. So um, yeah, we need to support these these young men, right? Um, In so many other ways than monetarily. We need to let them know that they do have a future and they do have um, something to strive for. Yeah. And my last question for you all would be like maybe a short sentence or a phrase in Dr. Rush. Um, when these gentlemen are ready to be in the school and called Mr., what, what does that mean to you? Oh, 
-hmm. It's a legacy that I have to put forward and make myself proud, but also make my future family proud because of who I am in the classroom. And I'm being 100% up there for my students and support them no matter what. I finally had that chance to be a positive role model in someone's life. And a and being a leader for those students and ch- and changing the environment, making and Dr. Rush when they walk across the stage. <laughs> how do you feel? Oh my God, I cannot! Well, this will be my first one right here. Uh-huh. I'm not trying to be the mom, the dead mom, or whatever mom I am, but I, I I'm a mom at heart, and I do have biologically a child, so I can't help to be proud of them and everything they do, even now. Right? They haven't made it across that stage, but um. I tell them that being a mister is a blessing and a curse, okay, <laughs> in that um, people are looking at them, and now they, they they want to see them succeed, but everyone also is going to uh, want to see if you stumble, and so yeah. um, my head is always held up high and proudly for them, so I can't wait. I can't, I can't either. Congratulations, guys. Thank Congratulations. You. And I've already offered Dr. Hines to fund their master's and doctoral <laughs> level when they're ready. So we're ready. But yeah, you promised them doctorate degrees. I heard yes, I did. I did. You let me know when you're ready. We will we will make I'll that happen. I will find a way, I promise. So well, we thank you for joining us. Um, literally, it's been a, our privilege. And um, if our listeners have any questions, you can send us a tweet at Access Practical or send us a question on our Facebook post. Thank you again, everyone. We appreciate you all. Thank Thank you. Thank you.